turn very quickly for just a moment here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, a very familiar scripture, but I want to look at it quickly. In Matthew 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. He says here, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to give you just three things about characteristics of light. Number one, it's got to be seen. If you came in here and, and we took and covered all of these lights here with black, real thick black paper or black tarp and we covered it all up and you came in here at night and flipped the switch on, could you see anything? No. Because it'd be covered. It's got to be seen. And there's no such thing in the Christian life as a secret service Christian. And a lot of times we hide our Christianity. Instead of letting people know that we're a born-again believer, we take and we, we hold it back and we hold it to ourselves. Listen, it's got to be seen. You know, I never forget when we were on the farm years ago, we were on a dead-end road. And many times we'd have power outages where we'd have something would happen and bang a transformer. A lot of times it was squirrels. They'd climb up the old wooden pole there and get up on the transformer and arc it out. Fried squirrel, but no more power. And anyhow, and so what do we do at night? Well, my mom had the old oil lamps. And we'd get it out and she'd trim the wick and we'd light it and put the chimney on. But you know, as it burned, you notice that the chimney, the globe, began to get a little gray and a little grayer as that soot began to build up on it. And so before you use it again, you'd have to clean that out. And that's kind of like our life. We've got to wash ourselves with the washing of the water by the word every day. <laughs> every day, because every day, you know, we just have wrong thoughts. We have wrong ideas. We have long, wrong words that we'll say, wrong intentions of our heart. There's things that, because we're in this sinful flesh, and so we have that soot begins to build up within us. And you got to wash it out. And the only way you wash it out is through the Word of God. You get down and just let the Word of God bathe you. And just wash yourself with the Word of God. Because our light has to be visible. A second thing a light does. It shows the way. A light shows the way. You know, he goes here and, and look at verse number 16. He says, let your light so shine before men. Watch this. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, lost people have to see something in you that's different. They've got to be able to see and know something's different. And so many times Christians get so, you know, involved with the world down here that the world can't tell who's a Christian and who isn't. You know, listen, there's got to be something that sticks out in your character, in your attitude, in your life, in your lifestyle, who you hang around with. Listen, how important it is because it says they, wanna, they have to see your good works. It doesn't say they're going to see an angel's. It doesn't say they're going to see Jesus back there because, see, we are in Jesus' place right now. You and I. We're here representing Jesus Christ. So in essence, when we go by somebody, we give them an opportunity to hear or not to hear. How many people do we let go by us and we never give them the gospel tract? 
How many folks live around us that we are acquaintance with, that we work with, or that we spend time with and never, never give them an opportunity to get saved? Oh, listen, that's our responsibility. We represent Christ. And it's up to us to do what we can to try to get the gospel out to them. Listen, I heard it put recently like this. It says, either you're a lava lamp or you're a spotlight. And you say, a lava lamp? Well, what's a lava lamp? You know, it's one of those that you plug it in and it's got all these neat colors and it keeps changing, you know. And and you look at man, it's beautiful to look at. But it doesn't give off much light. But you take a spotlight. What does the spotlight do? The spotlight shines on that which is much more important than the light itself. And oh, listen, either, either if we're not hungry for God, we're full of self. You know, listen, we've got we've to get a hold of Him. We've got to get a hold of God. We've got to be that spotlight. We need to shine Christ, shine it upon Christ. Listen, He is the way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I said, they can't come to Christ. They can't come to heaven without Him. And oh, listen, you and I, when we trusted Jesus, He changed our lives. I remember when, back before I had gotten saved and my older brother Ken was already saved and he kept, would throw Bible verses at me. I'd come home after being out with the guys in the, where I shouldn't have been and come in and, and he'd be sitting there reading his Bible and he'd just quote some verses at me. And it was like he was throwing darts. Bam, bam, bam. But the Holy Spirit was taking him and convicting me. And finally I got under more and more conviction and it came around to the month of March. And I was under such conviction. It was unbelievable. And, and I know we were going to a, a, a big denominational church there. And we went on a Sunday morning. It was my cousin's confirmation that day. But I went to the service. And then I came home early. The rest of the family stayed in to go to that confirmation. And I came home to sweep in the hay to the cows and to pick up the chicken eggs. But I came back in the, in the house and... I took the Bible and I knew my brother Ken had found something in that book and I just sat it down and I left it drop open and it opened up to Romans chapter 12. Now I know Romans chapter 12 is talking for not a Christian, a believer, but you know, I began to read and it said, present your bodies. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me right there? He says, give yourself to God. Give yourself to me. And I sat there as I looked at that and all of a sudden in my mind, just like you saw those pictures coming up here, bang, 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 all of a sudden thoughts came, things came, things I said, things I'd done, places I'd been, all these things. It was like they're being played in my mind and I began to weep. And I said, oh God, I messed up the first almost 20 years of my life and Lord, now I take and I give it to you. And you know what? There was a change. I didn't know I got saved. I didn't know that terminology. But I knew immediately there was a change because that guilt was gone. And the first thing I wanted to do is tell my mom and dad, there's going to be a difference in my life. I said, I'm not going to those places anymore. And oh, listen, when you meet Christ, He changes you. The comforter comes within and He dwells within you. And that's that light that needs to shine out to let others see And then there's a third thing. Not only is light to be visible, is light show the way, but light provides a warning. Light provides a warning. The other day we were driving down 
one of the freeways here in Ohio. And you know how they drive on the freeway. 50 miles, no, they're going 75, 80 miles an hour, you know, they're moving. And all of a sudden, I noticed we were cutting along there at 75, close to 80 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, this vehicle comes and goes, shh, and he was gone. He was going 120 miles an hour easily. I mean, he went down through that traffic like I just couldn't believe. He was gone and out of sight before he could even wink. And I looked in the rearview mirror. And guess what I began to see? <laughs> Warning lights. <laughs> Going. So we began to pull over. The vehicles began to pull over. And all of a sudden, one car, two cars, three cars, four cars, five cars, six cars, seven squad cars were after that guy. I don't know what was going on, but something big. And anyhow, warning lights. Those lights were going and said, hey, you got to get out of the way. There's a warning. When a, when a fire breaks out and a fire truck comes out, many times you see the lights before you hear the siren. When you see people working alongside of the road, the road crews, what do they have? They got warning lights. They're flashing. They're saying, listen, a warning, a warning. Listen, in the United States of America, wherever you go in this country, as we're driving around, there's billboards up about Jesus and Bible verses. And each one of those that you see, it's a warning. It's flashing. It's a warning. It's a warning. You drive through towns, and what do you see? You see these old church buildings with a cross on the top. Whatever they preach, I don't know. But that cross is telling somebody came and died for you and I. And listen, he's, it, it's repointing them to it and saying, listen, there's a warning. There's a warning. Warning. There's a warning. And listen, people need to heed the warning, but so too often we get all tied up in the world down here. And people just get so busy. The devil likes to get people busy doing things that amount to nothing. You know? And who won the third Super Bowl? Huh? I mean, it was a big deal back then. You know, woo, 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 woo. Look at this. Look what happened. Here. Wow, wow, wow. And it's long gone. A lot of the teams are even, guys that even played on them are gone. Well, listen, it's exciting to have these things, but do they amount to anything for Christ? You know, listen, we need to get that excited about Jesus. <laughs> we do. We've got something at last. Something that's going to be around for all eternity. You know, in Luke 16, the rich man who died and went to hell, guess what his first concern was? his family. All of a sudden, he had a concern for, for missions. All of a sudden, he had a concern for souls. While he was on this earth, he fared sumptuously, it says. He lived in opulence. Didn't have any care for the world, man. He could just walk right past, you know, that dusty, dirty old Lazarus that was there, the fellow sitting there, the poor man, and just walk right by him like he's not even there. Never even think about him one time. But all of a sudden, his mind changed. Listen, what we've got changes lives. There's a warning. You say, what do I do? Be a simple light. Be a simple light. You don't need to be a stadium light, you know. Be a simple light. You say, I don't know what to say to people. Give me your testimony. Tell them what Jesus did for you. And it's amazing when you start in talking about what Jesus did for you what the Holy Spirit will bring to mind. It's incredible, but you've got to start it. Then be a faithful light. Be a faithful light. 
That's so neat to come back here and see many folks that we've seen years and years ago are still here being faithful. Just stay faithful. Be that faithful light and do what you can to get the gospel out. Oh, listen. What an opportunity we have to serve the King of Kings. Let's do all we can to reach our neighbors, to get our neighborhood, get those folks around us as well. You know, did you ever think of this? <laughs> I never thought of it much, but I just heard it this morning where the pastor said, he had another pastor tell him, we are in the uttermost. You ever think of that? When Jesus gave that command over there in Israel and he said, go to the uttermost, we're in the uttermost. We're in the uttermost trying to reach the uttermost. Because wherever we go, if our whole country was all born-again believers, then it wouldn't be the uttermost anymore. But we're in that. We've got to reach people with the gospel.